Welcome to Deckert's Committed Capital. This is an episode of Sidecar, a special bite-sized discussion of the latest market issues. Hello, welcome to the Committed Capital Sidecar, Decker's ad hoc bite-sized podcast covering quick updates on developments that will affect private equity. My name is Sarah Reutman, and I'm a partner in the product liability and mass tort group based in our Chicago office. And I'm excited to be joined today by my colleague, Monica Gorney. Thanks, Sarah. Hi, everyone. I'm Monica Gorney, and I'm an associate in our product liability and mass tort group based in our New York office. In this episode, we'll be speaking about the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, the PREP Act, how it has evolved over the last year, and why it is an important consideration for the private equity industry as we continue to remain in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, Monica, to set the stage very briefly, can you remind everyone what is the PREP Act, what is its purpose, and why it is significant in the context of COVID-19? Sure. Thanks, Sarah. So the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness, or PREP Act, was enacted in 2005 and authorizes the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services to issue a declaration in the wake of a public health emergency. And this provides broad immunity from civil liability to certain individuals and entities called covered persons under the Act. This immunity is provided against claims arising from the manufacture, distribution, administration, or use of certain medical and therapeutic products used to treat, cure, or diagnose COVID-19. The purpose behind the Act is to promote the fast development, manufacturing, distribution, and use of medicines and medical devices to respond to public health emergencies, such as COVID-19. Previously, the PREP Act was used to respond to Ebola, Zika, and H1N1. On March 17, 2020, the Secretary of the HHS issued the declaration for COVID-19, thereby triggering the PREP Act immunity provisions. Since then, there have been several amendments to the PREP Act, further broadening and clarifying its scope. Thanks, Monica. The PREP Act is very broadly written, and in the past year since the PREP Act was applied to the COVID-19 pandemic, what types of companies are we seeing covered by the PREP Act immunity, and what are some examples of products that have been covered to date? Yes, that's right, Sarah. It is very broadly written and covers several entities and several products. Um, The Act has a broad description of the entities or persons covered, which include a number of different entities involved in all aspects of supply chain activities, such as manufacturers, distributors, pharmacies, and healthcare providers. In addition, who qualifies as a manufacturer or distributor, for example, is also very broad and includes contractors and subcontractors of a manufacturer and suppliers or licenses of products or component parts used in a covered product. Distributors include anyone involved in the distribution of covered products, including repackages, common carriers, retail pharmacies, and warehouses. As an illustration, covered entities could include, for example, companies that provide material for PPE, such as masks, warehouses that store PPE or vaccines, pharmacies where vaccines are dispensed, and component manufacturers of stoppers and vials used to make vaccines. A covered countermeasure under the Act can be any antiviral, drug, diagnostic, or device used to treat, diagnose, cure, prevent, or mitigate COVID-19. Most obviously, this applies to the COVID-19 vaccines now on the market, but it also applies to medications used to treat COVID, COVID testing kits, medical devices such as ventilators, or various types of PPE. In addition, there are some regulatory requirements, including authorizations and approvals that a product needs to meet in order for it to qualify as a covered countermeasure. 
So overall, that's the high-level background of the PrEP Act and what it covers. But we know that the PrEP Act immunity is not absolute. Sarah, what are some of the limitations to PrEP Act coverage? Thanks, Monica. Yes, so the immunity is not absolute, and the PrEP Act will generally not be available in the following situations. So first, there's a willful conduct exception where the immunity does not apply to certain injuries, death or serious physical injury caused by willful conduct. Yet in practice, it's significant to note this exception is incredibly limited for a variety of reasons, including that the act gives defendants several statutory defenses to willfulness claims. There is a high bar for what qualifies as willful misconduct. And there are a number of procedural, jurisdictional and pleading requirements that in reality mean it is very unlikely that we'll see many plaintiffs successfully use this exception to get around the PREP Act. Second, the act does not provide immunity against federal enforcement actions brought by the federal government, whether civil, criminal, or administrative. Third, immunity does not apply against claims under federal law for equitable relief. And nonetheless, even though there are some exceptions, given the breadth of the PREP Act and the limited nature of this willful conduct exception, even a year into the COVID-19 pandemic, and now after millions and millions of people have been vaccinated around the country or being treated by medical devices covered by the PREP Act, we are still just not seeing the volume of product liability litigation you would typically expect against traditional pharmaceutical and other supply chain defendants. Now, that said, Monica, we have seen small pockets of litigation as to particular industries. Um, what types of cases are we seeing that may indicate some narrow limitations in the scope of the PrEP Act immunity? Yes, yeah, so we've seen a few cases, but they are very narrowly tailored on particular issues. Specifically, the COVID litigation that we're aware of to date has occurred in the nursing home or senior living context involving negligence and wrongful death claims where plaintiffs allege that defendants failed to use covered countermeasures such as PPE and COVID tests, and failed to follow appropriate risk mitigation protocols to curb the spread of COVID in the nursing home facilities. In the majority of these cases, courts have held that PrEP Act immunity did not apply because the cases involved allegations that countermeasures were not used rather than used. But we have actually seen at least one case in this context where the court held that the PrEP Act applies. Outside of the nursing home context, we haven't really seen any significant PrEP Act-related litigation in the COVID-19 context. Thanks, Monica. So another important question that is top of mind for everyone is how long will PrEP Act immunity last? Yes, yeah, so currently PrEP Act immunity for distribution of covered countermeasures sold pursuant to federal contracts runs until October 1st, 2024. Immunity for administration, use, or the distribution of countermeasures through private channels also runs through October 1st, 2024, or until the COVID-19 emergency declaration is withdrawn, whichever occurs first. That said, it remains to be seen whether the immunity period will be further extended past October 2024. Interestingly, we know that PrEP Act declarations for other public health emergencies, including for Zika, Ebola, and H1N1, have been extended several times since the initial declarations, and they are still effective today. So it is possible that the immunity period granted under the COVID-19 declaration will also be further extended. So on that note, Sarah, to sum up, why does the PREP Act remain an important consideration for the private equity industry, both in the near term while we're still in this pandemic and moving forward? Good question. Thanks, Monica. So there's significant consideration for private equity industry for a few reasons. First, the PREP Act continues to be a critical resource for companies from a risk management perspective. 
The immunity granted by the PREP Act significantly reduces litigation risk and other associated costs to portfolio companies who are engaged in a wide variety of activities aimed at helping address this unprecedented global pandemic. The immunity allows companies to remain agile and repurpose their activities to manage risk without the fear of liability down the road. In addition, PREP Act immunity is much more powerful and definitive than contractual indemnification clauses, which are the more traditional way of handling litigation and legal risks. While indemnification provisions provide a layer of protection against legal risks, indemnified parties are still often required to defend against legal actions, pay defense costs, and many other may also be forced to engage in litigation over disputes concerning the scope of indemnification provisions. Statutory immunity through the PREP Act is much broader and governs a wide number of relationships down the supply and distribution chains. So how quickly the PREP Act landscape has changed over the past year and how quickly it continues to evolve, it is something that should be closely monitored moving forward, both when considering new investments and in ongoing operations with existing portfolio companies. Monica, thank you for joining me today and everyone out there, thank you for listening. Thanks, Sarah.